Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Captain Taylor. It's the year-end edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Captain Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program as we, of course, come to you from Atlanta, Georgia. And you know the motto of the show. We're talking sports from Atlanta and around the country. Season's greetings also to you and your family. And hopefully everyone had a Merry Christmas and uh, I had a great Christmas spending it with uh, family, and hopefully you did too. Hopefully you did not get out into the last minute of Christmas shopping, you know, or taking or having a lot of things to take back to the stores. But at the same time, that's not what Christmas is all about. But at the same time, hopefully you had a great time uh, before Christmas, on Christmas Day, and now afterward as we get ready to end the year. So definitely be safe and uh, let's. Have a prosperous 2016. All right, so uh, let's let's get ready for that. Of course, if you would like to, uh, you know, reach out to me uh, before the end of the year, though, we have a few days left, you can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kevin Taylor 98. I'm always looking for new friends, followers, and anyone who like pictures. I put up on Instagram as well. <laughs> Again, that's Kevin Taylor 98. And uh, thank you so much for everyone who supported the program as we brought it back. This year, after hiatus, and uh, thank you so much for your support, and a lot of love goes out to you. Well, on this program, we are going to recap the big win by the Atlanta Falcons over the Carolina Panthers inside the Georgia Dome in Atlanta on Sunday. It's the talk of the town the day after. Yes, everyone is talking about the win. You know, you had the catch. You know, you had other calls or, or different titles of different games or whatever happened, you know, with different games. But, of course, David Tyree in the Super Bowl game against the Patriots for the Giants had the catch. But now the Falcons have their own version of the catch. I mean, Julio Jones going up to grab a 52-yard reception at the time, but it turned into an 18-yard run for a touchdown to make it a 70-yard touchdown reception. And Julio Jones was phenomenal in the game on Sunday. Matt Ryan played a great game. The whole defense came up big and solid for the Falcons on Sunday. So we're going to recap that game. And on this program, you'll hear my one-on-one interviews with defensive end Corey Bierman. And uh, Corey Bierman actually had a sack on Cam Newton on Sunday. So we're going to talk to him get his thoughts about uh, the game and also the preparation from the defensive uh, side of the ball. Also, offensive tackle Jake Matthews. You're going to hear my one-on-one interview with him, as well as you'll hear comments from Falcons head coach Dan Quinn, quarterback Matt Ryan, wide receiver Julio Jones, and we can't forget about Cam Newton. Yeah, can't forget about him. At any rate, <laughs> let me let me get this out of the way. <laughs> I'm going to say this. And then I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. You have to be careful as to how you treat others. If it's in life, if it's in, if it's in sports, no matter what it may be, you have to be careful because people will remember how you treated them. The Panthers, when the Falcons were in Charlotte about two weeks ago, the Falcons were disrespected. They were shut out. They were humiliated. And that's that's one thing. You've got the players on the sideline taking selfie pictures. You've got Cab Newton running back and forth on the sideline. In my opinion, it did not look good at all. 
And then he comes out on Sunday, you know, gets the first down, does the dab. You know, it was a lot of people representing the, the Panther fan base in the Georgia Dome crowd as well. You know, the fans will turn out. You know, Charlotte is not that far away from Atlanta. Okay, just right up I-85 from Atlanta or down I-85 from Charlotte, whichever you know way you want to put it. But when he, when he scored the touchdown, he did the dab twice. Twice. Now, this is Cam's hometown. Cam is from a suburb of Atlanta. Now, I can understand you want to come home, you want to do your best, you want to look your best while you're at home, you know, showing that you can, that you got it. But you don't want to show the other team up. And that's what I feel Cam was doing on Sunday. And, of course, the Falcons already had, in my opinion, the motivation to come out and get the win from what happened already. But when you do that, that just adds fuel to the fire. And I believe that's what lit the Falcons to get that win on Sunday was him doing the dab, him being disrespectful, him catering to the Panthers crowd, and where's the sportsmanship? you got to have sportsmanship. Just like your life, you have to be careful about how you treat others because you never know how it may come back onto you. You never know. But I want all things to be good for everyone. I'm always a positive guy. But you, in sports, you have to have sportsmanship, whether you're an MVP candidate or not. You have to be. And then camp after the game, hey, look like somebody has stole his candy. But before then, oh, you know, you're doing this, that, and the other, but after the game, oh, oh, Cam, please, get out of here. <laughs> well, you hear comments from him. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Just be careful if it's in sports, if it's in life. Just be careful as to how you treat people. And always try to treat people with kindness, okay? And especially when in whatever sport you're in, have sportsmanship, all right? That's all I'm going to say. Also, uh, on this program, you'll hear comments from Atlanta Hawks head coach Mike Boonholzer, and also we'll preview the upcoming Chick-fil-A Bowl between Houston and Florida State, also at the Georgia Dome. All right, well, let's go into the Georgia Dome as on Sunday for the first time this season. I was there at this game, and I want to thank the Falcons Media Relations staff uh, for their help uh, with this program. And it was like they were, they were my producers, <laughs> <laughs> because they helped, you know, for me to be there, and I thank them for that. But uh, for the first time this season, there was no big comeback for Carolina and uh, no cuts play uh, at the moment as well. And uh, the perfect start for the Panthers, they started out 14-0, but that is no more. It's no more. That's right. Julio Jones, like I told you, had a spectacular 70-yard touchdown reception in the third quarter to give the Falcons the lead. The Panthers came up empty in two possessions in the final three minutes as the Falcons held on. Could be a 20-13 victory on Sunday. Carolina drops to 14-1. They got the ball for the last time with 90 seconds left and no timeouts remaining. Newton completed a 19-yard pass to Corey Brown on the first down, but fumble was stripped by Vic Beasley Jr., who came up big. Everybody was like, what's, what's going on with Vic Beasley? You know, and then we find out about the torn labrum. But he came up big in a big game. So hats off to uh, Vic Beasley. And um, Adrian Claymore recovered for the Falcons on that play, wrapping up the win. It was Carolina's first regular season loss since November 30th, 2014, in Minnesota. And the Panthers did not get into the end zone after their opening drive. So that's why I said when Cam did the dab twice, they gave the extra motivation to keep him out of the end zone and anybody else. 
And uh, Newton said after the game, that's unacceptable, particularly at this time of the year. Uh, Newton said Coach Ryan Rivera said the team played as if they were waiting for a turnaround that never came. Uh, of course, Newton, who's the Panthers MVP candidate, uh, you know, like I said, did the celebrations and so forth. But he threw for 142 yards and was held without a touchdown pass for only the second time this season. Now, he did run for 46 yards, including an eight-yard scoring run on the Panthers' opening drive. After that, Carolina's only points came on two Graham Gano second-half field goals. And uh, Carolina's 13 points set a season low, and the Panthers had scored at least 24 points in 13 straight games. So, um, you know, the Panthers would use this loss as added motivation going into their final game against Tampa Bay. The Falcons are 8-7. and seven. They spoiled the Panthers' beer for a perfect season only two weeks after being humiliated 38 to nothing against the Panthers in Charlotte. But it was bittersweet as on Sunday night the Minnesota Vikings won against the New York Giants, and uh, that basically eliminated the Falcons from playoff potential. But uh, Dan Quinn, after the game, the Falcons head coach said, I viewed this game as a measuring stick, and you'll hear from him in just a moment. But uh, Matt Ryan, what can you say about it? He, he showed toughness, showed a gutsy performance. He threw for 306 yards and one touchdown for the Falcons. Devontae Freeman ran for 73 yards and a touchdown. Now, of course, this game was big as Carolina needed a win or a loss or a tie by Arizona against Green Bay, but that did not happen as the Packers, they looked, Oof, bad against Arizona. So Arizona got the win, so the Panthers could not clinch home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs, so they have to wait one more week for that. But uh, everybody's talking about the catch, Julio Jones. Uh, of course, he got the best of uh, that matchup between him and uh, quarterback Josh Norman. Jones had nine catches for 178 yards, including the dramatic touchdown catches. Jones reached above linebacker Luke Keekley for the catch as uh, path of safety Kirk Coleman slipped, and that left a clear pass for Jones to get to the end zone. <laughs> and that put the Falcons ahead 14-10. Kickley said after the game, Julio made a great play on it, and uh, that's really all there is. I thought I was in a good spot, but he went up and got it. So that's where height, that's what height would do for you. Uh, the Falcons shamed Graham. Uh, he kicked field goals of 37 and 54 yards in the final three minutes, of course, putting uh, the Falcons ahead by more. And um, the Falcons, a lot of people are very excited about this win because they went through so much during the season. And I was uh, the most exciting win that we've seen in Atlanta in years. Uh, of course, in the first quarter, though, uh, the Falcons' drive looked like it was going to be stopped. I mean, because you had a fumble snap to begin the game. You had two incompletions. But the Panthers drew two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, including one on uh, quarterback Charles Tillman that helped to keep the Falcons' drive alive on their first possession. And I think it turned out to be 16 plays on that drive. The Falcons were stopped on a third down incomplete pass before Tillman became entangled with Falcons wide receiver Roddy White. And uh, Tillman drew the flag to keep the Falcons' offense on the field for, yeah, 16 plays and an 80-yard touchdown drive that lasted more than nine minutes. Freeman scored from the four on the first play of the second quarter for a 7-7 tie at the time. So the Falcons just kept marching. They never did give up, and they never were going to be intimidated in their own house. Now let's hear some post-game reaction from the Panthers-Falcons game. As first of all, we start with the visitors and Cam Newton. 
Uh, we lost. Um, uh, credit goes to the Falcons. Uh, they made more plays than we did. Um, and at times, it felt like, like Coach said, we played lethargic at times. And, uh, you know, we can't just sit back, especially what, what, um, what we put, our, put ourselves in the position to be. Um, we knew the Falcons were going to be exactly what they were today. And uh, we didn't match their intensity at times. And they just made more plays than us. The shots, you know, you know, goes out to those guys. They played better than we did. Now let's hear post-game comments from the Atlanta Falcons, first starting with head coach Dan Quinn. Certainly viewed this game as a measuring stick for us. I wanted to really see how we'd respond um, after our ball game uh, up there a couple weeks ago, and we certainly did. We knew it was going to be a very tough matchup, and it was. And uh, so having the grit, the determination right down there all the way to the end to make some stops, complete team win, and uh, really proud of our effort of the fellas today. It was an extremely gutsy performance on that, and uh, the toughness that he showed is appreciated by the team, by the staff, and everybody in the organization. Uh, today he was an absolute warrior. There's a number of guys uh, who got banged up, and at the half we say it's all hands on deck. And uh, Foley I went down, Durant went down, and guys just kept stepping up to answer the challenge. And uh, that's what you do for each other as a teammate. And uh, Matt, I thought, was a perfect shining example of that, of the toughness that he showed for the club. Now let's hear from quarterback Matt Ryan about how he felt physically after the game about the team's win. I thought that was a really good team win. My body feels good. Um, you know, just uh, a gutty performance across the board. We knew coming into it, it was a very good team we were going against. And uh, it was going to take our best effort. And, you know, while we weren't perfect, um, we, 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 we played really well, really competitively, and, and we're really good um, on the offensive side on, on third down. I thought that was huge for us today. For us to be able to maintain balance on first and second down was, was huge throughout the game and, and that's you know part of us on offense but that's also our defense you know our defense did a great job today of, of keeping us you know ahead and in that game the entire time um, but then when you are balanced in those situations you're going to have some third down situations come up where you've got to keep the drives going and, and I think the last two weeks and really today uh, we've done an outstanding job on third downs and when you do that and you convert in those type of situations um, you know, you, you, you make your team and you make your offense tough to beat. Now let's get thoughts from wide receiver Julio Jones, who had a 70-yard touchdown reception in the game. It was a good win for us, you know. I feel like we played a complete game, special teams, offense, defense. Um, I'm sure, though, it's a lot, a lot of things we can get better at. Uh, we'll see that tomorrow. But um, it's a good win. You know, everybody went out, we had fun, and we played for each other. And, you know, we're just feeding off each other that energy, and it's contagious. Now let's go inside the Falcons' locker room and hear my one-on-one interviews. First with defensive end Croy Beerman, and then with offensive tackle Jake Matthews. Croy, congratulations on the big win. Uh, how does it feel? You know, you went up against one of the top teams in the NFL today. Yeah, it's, uh, it's good, you know. It, uh, feels, it feels pretty good. And from a defensive standpoint, as a pass rusher, you know, just kind of talk about how you were able to kind of get some good pressure on Cam today to kind of maybe disrupt him a little bit. Yeah, we had uh, we had worked the last time we had met him uh, to get that done and, and uh, had gotten some, some pressure then and we continued to work at it and, and study the film and, and study um, where we could uh, attack them at. And, and uh, I think, you know, as a whole unit today, we rushed together as, as a whole unit uh, and, and made things come together. So. Was there any added motivation from the last time you guys played, you know, up there in uh, Carolina, and uh, for, unfortunately how that situation turned out for today, you know, as an added motivation to come out and get this win today? Uh, you know, for me personally, no. Uh, you know, it's 
football's football. Uh, you know, when you win, you get excited. You know, and, and uh, you know, we won today. You know, guys are excited, and, and uh, your hard work pays off. You know, and so, um, you know, I, I come ready to play every day. You know, and, and, and every Sunday and Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. You know, whenever the game is. So. Um, and uh, in, in closing, you know, you guys went through a lot of adversity, especially on the defensive side of the ball this year. Uh, you got a chance to finish the season over 500. You know, just tell us what's going to take for you to be able to do that next week against New Orleans. You know, we got to get back to work. You know, you, you got to focus. You got to uh, train like we trained last week for this game. Uh, this coming week, uh, you got to train even harder. You know, um, it's it's uh, it's, a, it's a daily grind that you got to you got to get better at and. and and uh, yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta you gotta go back at it. Thanks so much. Congratulations on the win, and thanks for being with us on TaylorMade Sports. Thank you, thank you, Jake. Big win for you guys today. Uh, you know the offensive line. You did a pretty good job of protecting Matt. Uh, you know Carolina. They were able to get a little bit of pressure, but not like it was before. Just kind of tell us a little bit about it. Did you change anything going into the week of preparation? You know, I think we just had a different mindset, and we, and we came out and executed it. It, the game plan wasn't drastically different. Just this time we we did, we did what needed to be done. We made plays when you know the time came, and we're, we're just happy. Man. They're a really good team. We're glad to get the win. Yes, they are. And of course, uh, you know we saw some some toughness out there from the offensive line as well. And I know they probably had to go into it also. Yeah. No. We we always had a mindset going into every game, and um, we know it, it's either all five of us are doing well or all five of us are doing. Well. Doing not so well. So um, this game we did a lot of good things, and we're proud of the guys I'm playing with. And of course, not only for protecting Matt, but also opening up holes for Devontae as well. Some good running lanes. Yeah, glad <laughs> he's on my team too. Uh, uh, you know, our job as linemen is to give him opportunities to make plays, and he's shown numerous times that we give him those opportunities. He's he's going to do something special. So. Um, Anytime you can do that and balance out the offense between running and passing, it's going to help us in the game and it helped us today for sure. Well, of course, you know, you got a chance to finish it over 500 coming up against New Orleans. Uh, just tell us what it's going to take from an offensive line standpoint. I think it's the same thing we did in this game. We got to come out early, um, you know, get a couple long drives in there and wear down the, de- wear down the defense. And um, it's the same thing every week for us, man. It's executing. It's, you know, did we get it done or didn't we? And today we got it done. Well, Jay, congratulations on the win. A big win at that, of course, a division win. And uh, may you have much continued success as you go into the game against New Orleans. And Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. Appreciate it. Now let's wrap up our game coverage with Falcons beat writer from AJC.com. It's D. Orlando Ledbetter. D, of course, Falcons pull off a big upset win over the Carolina Panthers 20-13. to And uh, what was your take and assessment of today's game? Well, you know, they had to come out and play. They got pushed around pretty bad up in Carolina two weeks ago. This was their rematch. This was their championship bout, and they wanted to come out and uh, knock out the Panthers, and they were able to get that done today. Just getting back on the winning track and playing some solid football was a big step forward for this team, a big step forward for a lot of guys who are trying to stay on the team moving forward, uh, like Adrian Claiborne, who's playing under a one-year contract. Uh, big game for Vic Beasley, a guy who they need to make plays at clutch times, and he did that today. So it was a big game all the way around for the Falcons. And also losing 38 to nothing in Carolina when they went to Charlotte, and also Cam coming out doing two dabs on his opening touchdown drive. There had to be some motivation for their team to come out and get this win. No doubt about it. Who wants to be showed up on the road or in their own building? And uh, the Falcons uh, answered the bell, stepped forward, uh, you know, 
cut out all the nonsense and just play some good football. You know, all this celebrating and dancing and stuff is fine, but at the end of the day, what happens on the field uh, between the whistles is what is important. And today they played some football and won the game. That's right. It looks like Carolina was at least knocked back down to earth because of that. Yeah, they're 14-1. and They still have a chance to get the number one seed going to the playoffs. So, uh, you know, they're still in the Super Bowl tournament for sure. So, uh, you know, they, they I'm sure they'll um, try to fix what happened to them today and move forward. Well, D, always a pleasure. Happy New Year to you as we come up on the new year. And we will definitely continue to look out for you on AJC.com this year. The Atlanta Falcons beat writer. Great to have you on Telebase Sports once again. All right, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right, it was so much fun and uh, covering the Falcons game on Sunday, seeing the Falcon fans leave with a lot of uh, excitement and joy. And uh, next up is the New Orleans Saints. They come to town on Sunday for a 1 o'clock kickoff. And so hopefully if you don't have your tickets, make sure that you come on out on Sunday afternoon to see the final regular season game for the Atlanta Falcons as they go for a season that could that where they could finish at nine and seven, you know they started out five and zero oh and lost six straight, but uh, this team can still finish above five hundred. And of course, a few things are are in order for this team. Is Devontae Freeman? He's only twenty yards shy of a thousand yards for the season, so hopefully he can get that. And Julio Jones with a big game on Sunday. Now he could actually break NFL records. Jones currently leads the league in catches with one twenty seven and yards with seventeen. 1,722. The NFL record for catches is 143. That was set by Marvin Harrison in 2002. And the NFL record for receiving yards is uh, just under 2,000 yards at uh, 1,964 by Calvin Johnson, and that was set in 2012. Now, this is what has to happen. Jones has to have 17 catches for 243 yards, and he'll break both records. Uh, That's a tall task, but uh, you never know. Uh, Julio might can be able to do it, especially the way the Saints defense is played, but uh, we will see. Uh, Joe's career high for catches in a game is 13, and his career high in yardage is 259, so it's not impossible to do. You're listening to Taylor Bay Sports. I'm Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. But, of course, this week, as we move on now to college football, is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl as the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl will kick off the college football playoffs in an exciting time in Atlanta, as FSU will be taking on Houston. And Florida State comes into this game 10-2. and Houston is 12-1. and It's a battle of ACC and AAC schools, and uh, it's going to be a pretty good matchup. Very good matchup, I think. Uh, both coaches... Well-established, well-esteemed. Tom Herman's name was actually mentioned possibly of coming to Georgia. But, uh, of course, that was quickly done away with. But uh, some keys to this game is, um, you know, Florida State. Without uh, Everett Goldston, who's not going to be playing for personal reasons. But, of course, you still have Dalvin Cook at the running back position, and that can give Florida State an added advantage. Uh, the defense has had a terrific year. They rank 12th nationally in yards per play allowed. The, the Seminoles' defense have the defensive speed that, you know, can just close in on anybody. And their edge at the line of scrimmage, it's going to be something. I mean, I, I, they might dominate that line of scrimmage with Houston. Uh was starting three freshmen on their interior at the end of the year, and that, of course, was a major concern. But uh, Houston – 
hey, you know, they're they're not too bad themselves, you know, because they are in this position. And uh, they might can pull off an upset, but I think a lot of people are going with Florida State in this type of situation. But you never know. It could come down to coaching. You know, and that's where Tom Hermans comes in at. Uh, of course, Houston, you know, nobody really, I think, in the beginning of the season expected them to be in this position. Uh, so Tom Herman is no stranger to a huge bowl game, especially since he, you know, has a resume from Ohio State. But at the same time, they haven't really seen a of the caliber of Florida State. So here's what it comes down to. Can Florida State move the ball with a backup quarterback in Sean McGuire? Can he not make mistakes? And can he do everything he can to get Florida State in position to win? I think so. Florida State has done a great job with taking care of the ball this year, leading the ACC in the fewest giveaways. And, of course, Jimbo Fisher wants to use the run to set up the pass, and he definitely can do that with Dalvin Cook. But the Cougars' defense has to play basically error-free ball, especially in pass coverage, and they definitely will have to be tough against the run. But here's what I think will happen. I'm not saying that Dalvin Cook is going to run all day on Houston, but I think he's going to be able to move the ball to be able to set up the pass for Sean McGuire to have an effective day passing the football, and Florida State should be able to get the win in the 2015 Chick-fil-A Bowl. Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, that is. Kickoff is at 12 noon, and you can watch the game on ESPN. All right, thank you so much for listening to Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. And we're going to talk now about the Atlanta Hawks. As the Atlanta Hawks say, they are really flying high right now. They have won six straight. They're in action as we record this program on Monday, December 28th in Indiana. And the Atlanta Hawks lead the Eastern Conference with 20 victories following their six-game winning streak and has mainly been their offense. Their defense helped them overcome a big deficit the last time they were out against the New York Knicks. And the Hawks opened a three-game road trip looking to match their season-best winning streak and earn a fifth consecutive regular season victory over the Indiana Pacers. The Hawks are now 20-12 and 12 on the season. They've averaged just under 112 points per game and shot just over 51% while winning their last six games after scoring just below 87 points and shooting uh, around 40.5% during the three-game losing streak. The Hawks trailed New York by 15 points with just seven minutes into Saturday night's game and was down 14 late in the second quarter before a rally began, and they Won 117-98. Now, the Hawks are the Southeast Division leaders, and they surrendered more than 30 points in both the first and second quarters, but allowed a combined 35 over the final two. Paul Millsap led the Hawks with 22 points. Mike Scott scored a season-high 18 off the bench, and Jeff T scored 17. And there were six Hawks that scored in double figures for the fourth time in five games. And, of course, like I mentioned, Mike Scott, he had a season-high of 18 points off the bench, and, of course, recently I asked Coach Boonholzer about Mike Scott's play and what it means to the team. You know, he's one of those guys, when he when he starts to feel it and starts to get into a rhythm, uh, you know, he can be really good and he can put up points quickly. And he scores in different ways. You know, he can get to the rim. He can work, you know, that little area behind the basket, the dunker area, make a three, get to the free throw line, an offensive rebound transition. 
So when you do all those things, then you know you can you can put some points on the board when you're uh, when you get a little bit of a rhythm. All right, that is correct. And uh, tip off is at seven o'clock at the Baker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. And uh, now another thing to consider for the Indiana Pacers is that uh, their head coach Frank Vogel hopes his biggest offensive weapon and his team are back on track. And uh, Paul George is scoring about 25 points per game, but has averaged about 12 in the last three. And he's scoring 26.5%. However, he was 3 of 3 from the field in the final period Saturday after going 14 for 13 in the first three games. And the Pacers are 17 and 12. If they snapped a three game losing streak with a 102 88 win in Minnesota. Now, uh, George scored eight of his 18 in the fourth. Monte Ellis had seven of his 22 in the same quarter, and Indiana overcame a seven-point deficit late in the third. So uh, hopefully Paul George, uh, the way Frank Vogel sees it, hopefully can get back on track, but we will see. The Hawks were 3-0 and against Indiana last season, but George hasn't faced them since averaging about 24 points and 11 rebounds in the Pacers' seven-game win in the first round of the 2014 playoffs. Now, Jeff Teague has averaged 17, I'm sorry, 22 points during the Hawks' four-game regular season win, winning streak over the Pacers. Now, a couple of notes. The Hawks will be without big man Thiago Splitter as he would not play. He didn't even travel with the team as he left Saturday's game with a right leg soreness, and it was revealed uh, that he has a calf injury, so we'll kind of monitor that and see how he, how long he may be out. And uh, it was announced earlier today that uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., was sent down to the D-League. Uh, he's been uh, demoted. He's uh, down to the uh, developmental league, and um, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because a lot of people are wondering, you brought Tim Hardaway Jr. here, but he hasn't really played, and now he's with the Austin Spurs of the NBA D-League. So um, very interesting to see you there. So uh, hopefully Tim Hardaway Jr. will be back uh, in uh, – you know, just a few days, or as we go into the new year, uh, hopefully he will not be down for a long period of time. So, like I said, the Hawks are now on a uh, three-game uh, road trip, and uh, we'll see how they fare beginning in Indiana uh, against the uh, Pacers. And then on Tuesday, December 29th, they go to Houston, and then they finish up the road trip on Sunday in New York, at 3.30 against the Knicks before returning home, uh, actually on Tuesday, January 5th, against the Knicks. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. Happy New Year to everyone. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to reach out to me, definitely do so on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at KevinTaylor98. Again, that's KevinTaylor98. And, of course, there I will let you know about the next edition of TaylorMade Sports as well as keeping you informed about what's going on in Atlanta sports. So thank you so much for joining me throughout the year as well, and we're going to make it a great 2016. Of course, never be discouraged, always encouraged. Until next time and next year, my friends, I'm out.